Welcome everyone to Fantasy Foresight, the podcast. We're your hosts and co-founders of FantasyForesight.com, coming to you from the Rambo Fixture Company Studios. I'm Ben. And I'm Jay. You ready to get rolling, Jay? You know it. Let's do this. All right, let's go. Welcome in, everyone. It is Wednesday, December 23rd. We've got our guy Steve at FF underscore Encyclopedia, plus friend of show Travis is back with us as we review a whole new list of buys and sells versus their aggregate projections heading into championship week 16. And once again, Fantasy Foresight, the podcast is live. How you doing tonight, Jay? Man, you said it. We are here. It's championship week. We are wrapping up this fantasy season. Wrapping up. We're heading into the playoff time, man. It's it's all exciting. You know, Christmas is right around the corner here, just a couple days away. It's just a good time of the year, man. I'm, I'm going to sit back and just enjoy the ride. Steve, how are you doing tonight, my friend? Hey, all I have to say is today in the Lizette household, it was one of those days you could make a comical Christmas movie out of. <laughs> But this is real life. So with that being said, I am happy that I am in my basement, that I can just talk some fantasy football with you three. And, uh, man, I can't believe it's the last one of the season. No so, kidding. It's a little bittersweet. But uh, with that said, uh, man, Trav, how are you doing tonight, man? Oh, I'm doing great. Uh, first of all, I just want to say, uh, guys, I'm just going to kick this off with the uh, – Thanks for the foresight challenge. It's been awesome. Last two years, I've made a lot of connections, a lot of friends in the industry. Um, you guys have really helped me uh, boost off, and um, I'm very grateful and thankful for you guys. Uh, appreciate everything you do. And the next thing is, I made it back to the championship in the foresight challenge. Whew. Hopefully, I can take her home this time. We'll see what happens. Well we done, really appreciate my that, Trav. Yeah, and well done on the back-to-back Super Bowl appearances in the Total Foresight Challenge. And, of course, the three of us, you know, with the Team Foresight banner, have to be rooting for our, our guy, Mike, at Foresight Focus. <laughs> uh, but, you know, hats off to you for making it to the championship in back-to-back seasons, man. It has, yeah, can, it's, it's been quite a run, I got to say, man. It's, it's very impressive. It, we have a pretty elite group of competitors in the challenge. So, you know, it's yeah. it's uh, no small feat to to make it to the championship, let alone twice. And while we're on the praise Travis segment, we might as well uh, get it out of the way to summarize last week's buys and sell results. Trav led the way on some BS by Hayden Hurst, I might add, <laughs> at 9-1. and one, uh, Total foresight and myself went 8-2. and two, Jay went 7-3. and three, And Steve still over at 500 uh, uh, with 6-4. and four. So on the season, we have total foresight now with almost a 62% winning percentage. 103 and 64. I am just a couple of games behind at 101 and 66. Jay, yeah, man, you are on the right side of 500 in a big way over the last month. 88 and 79. Steve O, 94 and 73. And Trav, your winning percentage is tied with total foresight, and you are sitting at 91 and 56 with your partial entry on the season. Big week, so, big week, big fellas. Week for sure. Yep, yep. And you know, I am two games behind total foresight, and uh, see if there's not three differences between me and old TF this week. See if I, <laughs> see if I don't go opposite of you in each one of those. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. 
<laughs> Love it. Just like every week, uh, we've got five buys and five sells versus their aggregate projection. And if this is your first time listening, just know that we're speaking in terms of single QB, full PPR redraft by default, and all of our fantasy finishes, as well as fantasy points per game calculations are all based on full PPR, limited to weeks one through 16, according to fantasypros.com. All right. Our first buy this week has been on this podcast several times this season. Didn't get the respect he deserved coming into this year. Still not getting the respect he deserves heading into week 16. I'm talking about Tennessee Titans quarterback Ryan Tannehill. Uh, The Titans are on the road at Green Bay on Sunday Night Football. What a game for Sunday Night Football this week. Uh, The Pack are three-and-a-half-point favorite. Vegas over-under is up blazing hot 56 points and the aggregate projection for ryan Tannehill this week is qb 11 total foresight is buying that we have him at qb 10 he has the second best quarterback foresight strength to schedule this week at pro football focus you can see that the titans o-line has the 29th ranked pass block advantage and the 10th best run block advantage i say both because Tannehill is just as effective with his legs as, as he is with his arms and when you look at their individual wide receiver versus defensive back matchup grade A.J. Brown has the ninth best individual matchup grade at the wide receiver position this week. And at the tight end position, uh, making a little bit more of appearance and a little bit more involved in the offense over the recent weeks, uh, Jonu Smith has the seventh best tight end matchup grade. Uh, Weather shouldn't be a factor. Cloudy and 28 degrees out there in Lambeau Field. Uh, This game has the highest Vegas over under of the week. Total Foresight loves Tannehill's matchup versus Green Bay. He's been QB 11 or better in four of the last five weeks and has been QB 2 overall during that span. Many were doubting Tannehill coming into this season. Welp, it's week 16, and he's currently QB 7 overall. I can only hope the fantasy disrespect continues into next season's draft and uh, definite week 16 bye for me. You know, we came into the season really high on Ryan Tannehill as a nice sleeper pick, you know, a later round QB play, uh, especially in, in this format and others. And he's really proven us right, you know, for the duration of this season. So I want to end the season supporting our preseason pick and go ahead and buy Ryan Tannehill. You know, I would be a little concerned because of that run block advantage and their power running game of him not having to rely on his arm. But when you've got A.J. Brown and Corey Davis running around out there, you know, he's got the ability to move the ball through the air. So, you know, I did hear today that snow could be in the forecast in this game and it could be a snow game Sunday night, which would just be fantastic to end this season or end this week. But uh, you know what? I'm going to roll the dice. I'm still buying them. I'm all in. You know, at a, quarter, at a price of QB 11, let's go. Well, and that's the thing, Jay. Like, I feel like throughout the season, you know, Tannehill, he doesn't have to have the highest volume to right. still, you know, have a very nice output as far as his weekly finish is concerned. But I said I'm going to have to be contrarian a few times throughout <laughs> this evening. And this one, is one Steve. of those that I'm that I'm going to go ahead and sell. And the, the main reason, well, there's a couple of reasons. One, I feel like with the Green Bay defense, the way you'd want to attack them ideally is to run the football. And you do happen to have a guy who's chasing a 2,000-yard season and running back Derrick Henry. So, you know, I kind of feel like that's one thing that will, you know, certainly lower Tannehill's uh, ceiling. Um, and then, you know, you mentioned the weather and – 
Also, I really think Tennessee is going to make a very concerted effort to run the football just to keep the ball out of Aaron Rodgers and that Green Bay passing offense's hands because we've seen, Ben, you and me, we we know, we saw Baker Mayfield just absolutely dice up this Tennessee secondary. It's like, what do you think Aaron Rodgers is going to do to that defense? So, uh, you know, I just kind of feel like, man, all hands or you know, every sign points to uh, – a Derrick Henry massive blow-up game, but we've seen both Tannehill and Henry eat, so I wouldn't be shocked if Henry or if Tannehill finishes as like a low-end QB1, but I'm going to go ahead and sell it and put him more into that like mid-range QB2 finish this week uh, just for the reasons I mentioned. What do you think, Trav? So I'm kind of with Steve here on uh, how this um, is going to be, you know, like a I could see where it's like going to be this ground game where uh, uh, Tennessee is just going to try to run all over Green Bay, which they should be able to, no problem. Even behind, they're going to try to run the ball against uh, Green Bay. We've seen it in other games where they've been behind and they just continue handing the rock off to uh, DH. And I mean, uh, he's got the uh, fifth best matchup also. Um, my thing is, like, I, like, game script wise, I think, like, it's only going to take one or two quick strikes for Green Bay to get down the field, score a couple touchdowns. Devontae Adams is just going to kill it. Uh, MBS could get some looks in this game over that secondary because he's a quick receiver. He gets separation. Uh, that's what worries me. So, actually, I'm going to turn around and buy Tannehill just because I think they're going to be playing from behind, and I think Tannehill's going to have to throw enough to keep them in the game. So are you buying or selling? He's buying. I'm buying. All yeah, right. he's joining right. the dark side. Let's go. Okay. You know yeah, Green Bay's going to load that box trying to stop DH, and that's just going to let Tannehill go right over the top to speedsters you know, Corey Davis and my guy A.J. Brown. To me, it's not even about the Green Bay defense. Steve brings up a lot of good points. Uh, to me, it's about A-Rodge in that secondary. Uh, it could, well, let's, let's go over both ways where DH doesn't do well or DH does well. If DH doesn't have a big day, it's going to be because similar to when the Titans uh, played the Cleveland Browns, uh, the pack could jump out all over them and totally take DH out of that ball game. Uh, conversely, DH could have a good game, but they're also going to need Ryan Tannehill to help them keep up with a Raj against that uh, Tennessee secondary. So uh, I just think Tannehill has been consistent since midway through last season uh, for the last five weeks, he's over uh, he, he's doing better than QB 11. So I just think that this is just another week for him uh, just doing Ryan Tannehill like things. So uh, we'll see. I, I understand why. I don't think if Steve didn't have to gain some ground, I don't think Steve would be <laughs> selling that one. I'm just going to go out on a limb and speculate there. Uh, I feel the same way about everything, but you're right. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I, I might have a different pick at the end of the day, but uh, nice. hey, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yes, sir. All right, another familiar name on this podcast over recent weeks is Baltimore Ravens running back J.K. Dobbins. The Ravens are at home versus the New York Giants this Sunday at 1 p.m. Baltimore is an 11-point favorite, guys, with an over-under of 45 points. The aggregate projection for J.K. Dobbins is only 
RB31 this week. Total foresight is buying, and I'm not sure we even have him high enough at RB27. The Ravens have the fifth best running back foresight strength of schedule this week. Their O-line has the 16th, the 16th ranked run block advantage, and Dobbins has beat his current aggregate projection of RB31 in each of the last four games he's played in. Plus, since week week 11, he has been RB12 overall despite missing week 12. The Ravens are making a playoff push. Ingram is now clearly the odd man out in that running back room. And Dobbins has a great matchup this week. It's an easy buy for me and someone to watch as a surefire RB1 in 2021. As good as Dobbins has been over the last few weeks, too, he's had some explosive and very impressive runs he still doesn't get the ball nearly enough. It's got to be so frustrating to be any owner in that Baltimore Ravens backfield because, you know, like they always have done, it's it's RBBC, it's running back by committee, and they'll give everybody an opportunity. You know, you saw last week, Dobbins had some amazing plays, some really great runs, and then they turn around and pull him out for a series. And it's like, man, get you know, feed the hot hand. Let the guy eat. He's on fire right now. So, but... All that being said, we're talking about a price point of RB31. That, my friends, that's an easy buy for me. So I'm going to go ahead and buy J.K. Dobbins. <sighs> yeah, this is a frustrating one just because I sincerely want to sell just to <laughs> have a have a different opinion than Ben has on the matter. But, you know, when it comes to RB31 and how thin the position yeah, stretched right. in fantasy football, it makes it really hard. I, I do think, for what it's worth, that – you know, the Giants, they'll come into this game and they're going to game plan to keep the box really loaded. Um, that won't only slow down Baltimore's running game, but I think it'll also help contain like Lamar Jackson and how he really hurts, you know, opposing defenses. And they're going to have to make Lamar Jackson, you know, beat him throwing over the top. So I do think that I, that it's not that surprising if the Baltimore running game struggles a little bit. I mean, the Giants, they do have a, a really – good defensive line yeah. a surprisingly good defensive line but again the the rb31 so <laughs> <laughs> gotta make a choice steve-o you know what i think that uh i think it'll be the gus bus that gets goal line touches oh. and dobbins is not going to get enough work and um, i think this is going to be one of those games where maybe he has 13 for 42 and um you know he disappoints a lot of people i'm gonna go ahead and sell nice and trav what do you what do you think about it uh so one of the problems with and probably the biggest problem that they have on the giants defense is that they have uh their edge rushing they have no edge rushing nobody's pressuring the quarterback everything's coming from the middle uh lamar's gonna be able to jump out and escape out uh, I could see a lot of Mark Andrews getting involved in this game too. Like, and you were saying Gus Bus, you know, like uh, definitely the goal line carries. Uh, I'm I'm with you on. Uh, I just don't think J.K. is going to find the end zone. I, I do think he's going to get the work because, uh, I mean, like even Mark Ingram, he was a healthy scratch in the last game and he didn't get you know. So they're they're kind of phasing him out, and this is J.K.'s backfield, and Gus is playing second fiddle to J.K. now. Uh, and this is what we expected to see. I mean, I think we would have seen it a lot sooner if it wouldn't, have, you know, for the COVID season. Um, but yeah, like I'm going to sell it. All right, man. I feel like they might get three running backs or th- at least three rushers in the top 31 this week. We'll see. 
Yeah, we'll have to see. I I love the contrarian picks by yeah, Steve and, and Trav on Making this one for sure. Yeah, we'll have to see if you guys, you know, we're talking about RB31 with J.K. Dobbins. Now we're talking about the aggregate projected RB30 in Denver Broncos running back Melvin Gordon. Total foresight is buying him. The discrepancy between the projection and the total foresight rank is crazy to me. RB30 is the projection. RB12 is the total foresight ranking. Uh, the Broncos are on the road at the Chargers Sunday at 4.05 p.m. Eastern. Uh, Chargers are a three-point favorite with an over-under of 48.5. The uh, foresight strength of schedule for Mel- Melvin Gordon this rink, this week is the 15th ranked at the running back position. The Broncos O-line has the 11th ranked run block advantage, and Melvin has beaten RB30 four of the last five weeks, and I expect this to be the fifth week that happens he's a rock solid back end rb1 high end rb2 heading into your championship matchup rb30 is laughable for me definite buy um you know we were we were high on melvin gordon coming into the season again as a value pick at the running back position some guy you could get you know a few rounds into your draft and you know he came out had three good weeks out of the first four and then really tailed off for the middle part of the season and his usage was so frustrating if you were a Melvin Gordon owner but as Ben alluded four out of the past past five weeks he has really come on strong and you know his last outing at least in uh in the total foresight challenge put up 24 points which is a fantastic week so you know this is one I wanted to sell but at a price point of RB30 and seeing his late season trend now in Denver, I, I got to go ahead and buy and agree with Total Foresight. Ugh, man, this is a game that I have no interest in watching. <laughs> well, um, yeah, <laughs> right. But, but uh, man, you know, when I look at this one, it, it again, I mean, you look at, uh, we just talked about J.K. Dobbins with an aggregate projection of RB31 and then Melvin Gordon right there. RB30, you know, you're talking a mid-range RB3, and it's really hard to sell against that, uh, especially when total foresight's coming through with the RB12 ranking. Um, that, you know, that that really speaks volumes to me. And, um, you know, I could sit up here and try to come up with every reason I could to try to sell myself into selling this particular ranking. I mean, even, even if Philip Lindsay... Uh, does decide to give it a go, um, you know, despite the little hip thing he's dealing with. I, I can't see him commanding a whole lot of touches, and we know all the, you know, air game work's going to go to Melvin Gordon now in the backfield. So, yeah, I mean, our, our, our RB30, uh, the Chargers defense doesn't really scare you, so I'll, I'll go ahead and buy that as well. All right. And, oh, uh, my God. Oh, something? no worries, man. He was just going to ask you what you think. <laughs> Uh, okay. Um, yeah, um, I'm going to buy this one. Um, I think it's kind of like the same thing I was saying with the JK with, you know, being the COVID season, uh, he just kind of got off to a slow start, you know, and then he had the injury. I think it was a concussion he had in the middle of the season there that, uh, hindered him. Um, then like now it's like, it seems like it's his backfield and he's taken over and you just got to follow the money. And it seems like they're kind of getting Royce Freeman a little bit more involved too here and there kind of phasing, Lindsay, um, I, I have to buy this one. Nice. Yeah, I, I mean, the last time that the Broncos played the Chargers earlier this season, it was very much a 50-50 split backfield, and Philip Lindsay actually ended up having the better fantasy day of the two. Uh, but this time around, it's 
I feel like it's truly Melvin Gordon's revenge game uh, versus his old team, the Chargers, because it is now his backfield. And I expect a big time showing versus that RB30. And it's no no surprise to me that uh, that we are unanimous on this one for sure. It'll be very interesting to hear the discussion about this next guy. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys wide receiver CeeDee Lamb is total foresight's next buy this week. The Cowboys are at home versus the Eagles Sunday at 425 p.m. Eastern. Go Philly Birds. is a two. They're a two and a half point favorite, Vegas, according to Vegas. Jay over under is forty nine and a half. The aggregate projection for CD Lamb is wide receiver thirty four. Total foresight is buying that. We have him as wide receiver thirty, and he clocks in with the seventh best wide receiver foresight strength of schedule this week. And at PFF, you can see the Cowboys O line has the second worst pass block advantage. So that'll be something to watch with how much time Andy Dalton has to throw the football. But CD Lamb himself has the eleventh best individual wide wide receiver matchup grade this week uh since Dak Prescott went down in week five CD has only been wide receiver 34 or better four total times so I am actually going against total foresight and selling CD lamb this week because even in three wide receiver fantasy formats I'm looking elsewhere from uh, for my wide receiver three however even in three wide receiver leagues as a flex I will I will listen to you as a flex. As a wide receiver three, it's a no for me. As a flex, you could do worse. Uh, so you I'm know sorry. what? It, it's the last week of the season. I, I'm I'm above 500, so I can go out and I can have some homerism. And I'm going to go ahead and sell CeeDee Lamb too, Ben. And I'm going to say this, that Eagles defense has actually been playing better uh, you know, ever since they made the quarterback change. Not only has their offense looked a lot better and is moving the ball, but their defense is actually playing a little bit say, better, is too. Jalen Hurts a two-way player, James? He is. He's playing <laughs> corner, too. It's amazing. Finally, we have somebody in the secondary. Uh, you know, but uh, but no, the Eagles are playing a little bit better, and they should have got the win last week. That would have helped a lot, but, you know, this is a make-or-break game for their postseason hopes, which is almost laughable that they actually still exist. But uh, this is a big game for both teams, and and I think Philly gets it done. And uh, you know Dallas's offense, the Red Rifles, not too has not been too shabby. So I could see CD being involved, but uh, I, I'm going to go ahead and sell this. I'm going to be a homer, and I'm going to sell it. I'm really glad both of you guys sold because this is one that I wanted to buy. There you and, go. Uh, and so, for me, the primary reason is uh, you know since we have seen Jalen Hurts enter as quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, you know, he's just injected so much life into the offense. And, I mean, dude's been on fire. And then you look at the matchup. He gets the Dallas yeah. defense. Yeah. And I guess what it comes down to is I don't think Philadelphia is going to struggle to put points on the board. So whether the Cowboys are competitive in this game or whether they're coming back from behind and this amounts to – a couple of second half garbage touchdowns that some way, shape or form CD lamb, he's going to find the targets. He'll get his targets. He'll get receptions and maybe he finds the end zone. And I do think that this is the kind of matchup that's conducive to that happening. Um, especially, you know, I think of CD lamb and like the work he does on the field, you know, it's kind of, it's a, you know, it's a little comparative to what Tyler Boyd, did for Andy Dalton in Cincinnati. And I do feel like the target share that CeeDee Lamb sees, um, you know, it kind of mirrors that a little bit. So um, I think he scrapes into that wide receiver three range. And uh, I'll be very interested to see if Travis agrees with me 
or YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> um, so CeeDee Lamb is the wide receiver, 26 in PPR formats uh, for the season. Uh, I do think that Philadelphia is going to use the ground game to try to control this game. Obviously, we've seen it with uh, uh, Hurts over the last couple of weeks. Um, Miles Sanders is going to get more involved in this game, I believe. Um, they're in Dallas. It's, I mean, I just, I just can see CD getting that kind of work where he's just going to be valuable enough just to squeeze in there and get it. Guys, there are three truths you should really understand. That is one: never root or bet on any Dallas Cowboy. That that's that's one. Two: never put your hopes on the arm of Andy Dalton. And three: never put your hopes on the coaching of Mike McCarthy. That's the trifecta right there. Yeah, I mean, I could see this one going either way, to be honest with you. I I, it just, I'm just kidding. Total foresight, total foresight hasn't been perfect in the buys. It's been a lot better in the sell. So I was yeah. like, I need to go against total foresight in the buys a couple times this week. Uh, so CD Lamb seemed like uh, the best spot for me to do that. And I won't be surprised if he goes one way or the other. So, um, you know, do with that what you will. Um yeah, it's all about what's available to you and uh, who your alternate uh, alternate options are because that answers your question more than anything else more often than not. So as always, if you have any questions, feel free to tweet at any of us on this uh, podcast episode. And our next and last buy for week 16 is LA Chargers tight end Hunter Henry. Uh, the Chargers are on the road versus the Broncos Sunday at 4.05 p.m. Eastern. Chargers are a three-point favorite and have an over-under of 48.5. He is currently Hunter Henry, tight end six in the aggregate projections, and total foresight is buying that. We have him as tight end three this year. He has the fifth best foresight strength of schedule, but the Chargers O-line has just the 25th ranked pass block advantage heading into the week, and Hunter Henry has just the 19th ranked tight end matchup grade. Uh, Hunter Henry is now uh, fourth in tight end targets on the season with 93, and yet is just tight end seven overall. I expect a startable performance this week, but I don't see him finishing as tight end six or better because he's only hit that mark uh, three times this season, and I don't expect this to be the fourth. So I am going against Total Foresight once again and selling this one. Um, All right. You know, I was looking over his stats, and he has put together uh, back-to-back-to-back double-digit points games in fantasy twice this season. Uh, actually, once this season, right now, if he puts up double-digit points this week, it would make it the second time. Every other week, he's put up single-digit points. And that's just not going to get it done when your aggregate projection is tight end six. I don't know if he can do it once again, and I don't know if he's... If he's going to be right at that 10-point level, which really would not get him at the tight end 6 level, he'd have to score more in the 15-16 points uh, like he did last week. He was right at tight end 6 last week in PPR, and I just don't know if he can have that same performance in back-to-back weeks. We haven't seen it all season, so I'm going to go against the grain, and I'm going to sell Hunter Henry at a price of tight end 6. Well... Think you guys know what I'm doing then. I'm gonna go ahead and buy Hunter Henry. <laughs> um hey, you know, he hasn't necessarily been lighting it on fire, but outside of that New England blowout, when goodness, imagine if he started Justin Herbert thinking yeah. you're gonna get some kind of a positive output in that game. But anyways, and I know I you well enough to know what you almost said. <laughs> 
But uh, Hunter Henry, he, I mean, he's seeing consistently six, seven, eight targets. It seems like on a weekly basis. And when it comes to tight ends, I just feel like if he's, if he's going to get that kind of volume, it, it's on the table. Uh, I never feel comfortable putting any tight end in the top six, you know, unless their last name is Kelsey or a healthy Kittle or Waller typically, but you know, that I would just bet on blindly each week. But um, I got a little bit of ground to make up. And like I said, just because of the target volume, I, I, I don't think, it's absurd. And, uh, you know, certainly against Denver, it's, it, it, it's not the toughest matchup in my, in my opinion. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm sure Travis just agrees with me a thousand percent. <laughs> right. Oh, so, so you guys both know I have, <laughs> I have Herbert on uh, a fantasy foresight challenge. I have Hunter Henry. They're my little stack there. I didn't have the Keaton Allen on that one. Uh, I did have that in my home league. That didn't work out so well last week. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so I'm going to buy this one. Uh, Hunter Henry, he's uh, with Keenan Allen. If he's still lingering with that injury, uh, Hunter Henry is going to be Herbert's go-to target this week, and that's why I got to go to it. I got to buy it. Nice. Yep, that's a good point about Keenan Allen there. Um, yep. And. It'll be interesting to see how that one goes. Yeah, uh, yeah. Keenan Allen being hampered uh, definitely could it does. could end up being the reason <laughs> yeah. why that I uh, get that one wrong. But, you know, we'll see. We'll roll the dice and find out. Now, we are moving on to our five cells this week. Over the last four weeks, total foresight has been 18 and two on our cells. So be very leery about starting anyone that we bring up in our cells in your championship week 16. Uh, first up, we have got, I hope to God you were not thinking about starting this guy, <laughs> New England Patriots quarterback, Cam Newton. Uh, the Patriots are at home versus the Buffalo Bills on Monday Night Football. Uh, Buffalo is, I will say, only a seven-point favorite. With an over-under of 46, uh, the aggregate projection for Cam is QB 13. Total foresight is definitely selling that. We have him as QB 20. He's got the fourth worst foresight strength of schedule at the quarterback position this week. The Pats O-line at PFF has the 21st ranked pass block advantage. And listen to these numbers, 45, 84, 96. Those are Cam Newton's individual wide receiver matchup grades this week. And his tight end, his matchup grade ranks the fourth worst. So, you know, and then we're talking about Foxborough, weather this time of year could be a factor. 50% chance of snow and rain, 31 degrees. Uh, plain and simple, Cam is just QB 20 on the season overall. And now the Pats have absolutely nothing to play for after officially being eliminated from playoff contention last week. I expect the Bills to feast on Monday night. Definite sell for me. This is my weekly reminder of our foresight strength of schedule, which combines the team's offensive trend and joins it with the defense they're playing. You could have Cam with an aggregate projection of... QB 40 and I'm still going to sell. I'm going to assume there are plenty of guys who are going to get in this week for whatever reason and I'm still selling. So yeah, this one is an easy sell. QB 13, get out of here. Oh, come on guys. Cam's auditioning for his NFL life this week and I wouldn't be surprised if he gets in the end zone at least a half dozen times. 
I'm going to need whatever it is you're smoking, my friend, because it is some good stuff. Uh, um, I tried to be as facetious as humanly possible when I said that. Um, yeah, uh, just there, there's no reason at this point in time to have any faith in, you know, Cam Newton being somebody. You know, obviously, if you're talking about two quarterbacks, super flex kind of leagues, he's certainly going to be in the conversation as somebody that you would actually roll out in your championship week because there is that rushing touchdown upside. But, um, you know, we're talking one quarterback PPR leagues, and that's just that's just foolish, um, you know, at this point in time to, to roll him out. And you're going to just hope for the best, which at this point is – not a very high ceiling whatsoever. Um, and I feel like that aggregate projection of QB 13 kind of, to me, is a is a ceiling for Cam. So, you know, I feel much more comfortable with the total foresight rank of QB 20. And this is exactly why I'm happy that I think I, what, I had three picks contrarian to uh, Mr. Ben there because – I have a feeling it's it's just so hard to want to buy against the total foresight cells. And, um, uh, I, you know, I'm, I, I don't want to be uh presumptuous here, but I'm, I'm, I'm thinking Travis, you probably feel very similar on this QB 13 <laughs> projection for Mr. Cam. Come on, Travis, shock the world. Uh, no, I won't be doing that. <laughs> uh, First and foremost, uh, you know, since I've been listening to the podcast for, you know, two straight years now, I've noticed the trends with the podcast and on how the cells get more and more and more uh, correct week after week after, you know, about week six and they get locked in. You don't want to go against foresight. Uh, so I am definitely a sell this week. Um, Cam hasn't been what we thought Cam would be. Uh, there's a lot of experts out there that had Cam Newton as a as a QB one coming into the season. Uh, I was not one of them. I had him like Amen. sixteen. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, he's near there, but not there. Uh, so yeah, I got to sell. Nice. Yeah. The only thing I liked about Cam coming into this season was his price tag. He was absolutely free. And if you were somebody that was totally punting on going early quarterback, uh, he was somebody that I thought was a a decent flyer. And for the first two weeks of the season, certainly looked like uh, that was the case. Uh, After that, not so much. There's a better (laughs) chance of Dwayne Haskins making good decisions this week and staying out of the news than Cam Newton beating QB 13. Mm, Jay upset with his Ohio State <laughs> alum right there. All right, move, moving on to a this is going to be a very interesting discussion. Our next sell for total foresight is Philadelphia Eagles running back Miles Sanders. Like we discussed earlier, uh, the Eagles are on the road at Dallas Sunday at 425 Eastern. Uh, Philly is a two and a half point favorite with an over under 49 and a half. The aggregate projection for Miles Sanders is RB12. Total foresight is barely selling that. We have him as RB13. Part of the reason why is because he has the worst running back foresight strength of schedule this week, uh, and the Eagles' O-line at PFF has the ninth-best run block advantage. Uh, Miles Sanders is one of two incorrect cells total foresight has had over the last four weeks. And honestly, I think this will be the third. Why? Because the last two times the Cowboys have played good teams with clear 
cut RB1s. They gave up RB1 overall to Dalvin Cook in Week 11 and RB2 overall to Antonio Gibson in Week 12. Then in Week 13, they gave up a combined 178 rush yards to Dobbins and Gus Edwards, who I believe had like six carries for 101 yards. Uh, and Week 14 was the Bengals. You know, it is what it is. And last week, they gave up 128 combined rush yards to Mostert and Jeff Wilson Jr. The Eagles are on the rise with Hurts at the quarterback position. And that Dallas run defense has not improved. Thus, I expect a rock-solid RB1 performance from Miles Sanders this week. It is a buy for me. Man, I got to tell you, this one's really difficult for me. I want to buy Miles Sanders and go homer again. The things that concern me are things that I think concern maybe all of you guys. Game script, you know, whether or not teams have to pass or have to run the ball against Dallas. You know, I'd like I'd like Philly to jump out to a lead and then try to manage the game by controlling it and running the ball. I just I, I don't know if that's gonna be the case. This could be a nice little shootout and an entertaining game between two mediocre teams. Um Man, Fighting for a yeah, division crown, mediocre it is. or not? Well, man. see, and that's and that's the other thing, Ben. You know, you mentioned Dallas's history against teams, and this is a divisional game. You know, these divisional games are always a little bit of a different animal because it, it, they're two teams that know each other um, really well. So, man, I, I think it's going to be really close. You know, I I see why Total Foresight has him ranked as RB thirteen, whereas aggregate projections RB twelve. I think it's going to be that close. He's going to finish in that ten to fourteen range. So where am I going to? Oh man, you know what? I'm going to stick with Total Foresight and I'm going to sell Miles Sanders. I think it's going to be real close. Yeah, like you said, Jay, uh, RB twelve versus RB thirteen, and that you know certainly is really close. And and as much as you know, I I really dislike going against total foresight and i really dislike agreeing with ben at this point in time um just you know you given the matchup and you know we talked about it last week when i was going through the stashes you know i really like jalen hurts because i think at the time when we did last week's pod he was only rostered like 19 percent of yahoo leagues and it was like well you know you don't have to jump on the the hurts train after one week see what he does against arizona but man that dallas matchup and then you know here we are we see you know, how we showed out against Arizona. And, you know, uh, the point I'm making with that is you, we've just seen Dallas get abused on the ground by everybody running backs, mobile quarterbacks alike. And, you know, Miles Sanders, you, you talked about it a little earlier, Travis, you mentioned that you, you think this is going to be a game where, you know, Philly is going to rely on Miles Sanders. And if that's the case, I don't see why, especially given that he's going to have a quarterback who is a running threat. I mean, we, we've seen time and time again in the NFL throughout the years, how much that, opens running lanes up for running backs, especially against the terrible rush defense like Dallas has. So I, I'm going to have to definitely go on the side of um, Miles Sanders beating the uh, RB13 projection of total foresight. And I'm going to have to disagree. I'm going to have to buy this one and agree with you, Ben. This redeems and, you for buying or for, yeah, for buying CD lamb. So you're even now, Steve. And I'm, I'm very curious to see uh, or hear what Trav's opinion on this one is. Yeah, like I was talking about earlier with uh, Miles Sanders, I I have him as a rock-solid RB1 this week. I mean, the people that are fortunate enough to still have him in a championship, I think he's going to deliver for, for you. Um, but he, he's yet to have that huge big game, and he had one towards the end of last season that 
really brought brought it home for some people, and I think this is that game. Uh, it's just it's just do. It's just do. That's that's all it is to me. All right, is this changing it at all for you guys? He played the, the two teams in a row that gave up the six most points to running backs and the fourth most points to running backs and did not crack double digits in those games. Then he played two defenses in a row that gave up the second fewest points to running backs and the tenth fewest points to running back and had double digit points in those games. So t- defenses that tend to give up points to running backs, he struggles with on the fantasy side. And then Dallas gives up the seventh most points to running backs. I'm just saying, there's a trend there. You're looking at the wrong variable. There's only <laughs> one variable here that matters, and you know his name. Yeah. And we can say either one, Carson Wentz or Jalen Hurts. That's the variable difference change. I know he didn't have a great week with Jalen Hurts under quarterback last week, but I think that's just. I think now he's on an offense that you can trust to be effective every week, and there's just going to be like every running back a little variance throughout the year when you're in that type of good offense where your quarterback feasts a little bit more than you do that day. And I think that's all that happened last week is that Jalen Hurts got in the end zone uh, and Miles Sanders didn't. This week, I agree with Travis. I could see not only him, you know, I'm, I'm buying him to beat RB12. It could be a top six performance. And and like you said, bringing a, a fantasy championship home to a lot of people, which you know, it's been a bumpy ride with Miles Sanders, and if you have been uh, very diligent in sticking with him, you may get paid off in a very good way uh, in Week 16 for sure. So we have got three cells left to round out this episode. And first up, I'm not sure this is a guy that you might be considering in your lineup or not, but based on the aggregate projection heading into Week 16, I felt it was very important to throw him in here. And I am talking about Carolina Panthers wide receiver Robbie Anderson. Panthers are on the road at Washington Sunday at 4.05 p.m. Eastern. Washington is a a two-and-a-half-point favorite with an over-under of 45-and-a-half. The aggregate projection for Robbie Anderson is a back-end wide receiver, two at wide receiver 24. Total foresight is selling that. I'm not even sure we have him ranked, you know, we might have him ranked too high at wide receiver 29. Uh, he has the ninth worst foresight strength of schedule at the wide receiver position. And at PFF, you can see the Panthers O-line has the 17th ranked pass block advantage. And when you look at his individual wide receiver matchup grade this week, Robbie Anderson comes in at 71st. I mean, not good. <laughs> so... <laughs> Here, the, Robbie Anderson is a tale of two seasons, okay? From weeks one through eight, Robbie Anderson was wide receiver 11 overall in PPR formats. However, from weeks nine through 15, he's been just wide receiver 37. Plus, Washington still has something to play for. Carolina does not. On top of that, Washington's uh, front seven has been very beastly this season, led by Chase Young, uh, and all the matchup metrics scream sell for Robbie this week. I sold C.D. Lamb as wide receiver 34 earlier in this episode, and I'd still flex him over Robbie this week. Definite sell for me. All right, I'm going to go in the opposite direction. Robbie Anderson has only put up, has not put up two consecutive single-digit fantasy performances this season. He only had four points last week, so I think he's going to bounce back, put up double digits again this week, and that'll get him in that top 24, so I'm going to buy Robbie Anderson. I'm going against the grain. I don't feel great about it, but I'm doing it. 
and I'm going to go ahead and sell this one. Um, I mean, at Washington, uh, they're just giving you know a lot of teams fits throwing the football, and uh, I don't look at Carolina as necessarily like a, a dynamic passing team. They've, they've certainly been able to um, put up some pretty good numbers against some bad defenses, but I just don't don't look at this one uh, as being like that kind of a case. And then, you know, even if he does score double digit points this week, I mean, there's so many wide receivers playing on a weekly basis in the NFL and wide receiver 24, you know, you're going to have to put up more than just like 12 or 13 points. And I think, I think Robbie Anderson will definitely be there. He'll, he'll see enough targets. He'll get enough work. Um, and I do think this isn't necessarily going to be that high scoring or a pass heavy game anyways. Um, you know, the more I'm just kind of mulling through it in my head. So yeah, I think this one for me is actually probably a pretty easy sell when it comes to that aggregate projection of wide receiver 24. Uh, Travis, what do you think on this one, brother? I got to stick with uh foresight on this one, but I just want to mention, like it's been s- somewhat surprising with uh this offense this year with uh, Teddy Bridgewater and they're been holding it down without CMC all season long. Uh, it's just, I mean, right now Bridgewater's in that QB 16 and he missed a game. You know, you think about it, he plays that one game. Uh, he's, we were talking about a QB one and I, you know, a lot of people didn't have him there. Uh, you know, a lot of people were down on Robbie this year. They thought, you know, he wouldn't necessarily get the looks, you know, uh, I mean, there was people on both sides of the fence on that. Uh, I was I happened to be someone that not. I mean, Robbie's burned me too much in the past to trust him, so <laughs> yeah. I, I I just couldn't trust him, so I didn't draft him anywhere, kind of thing. But uh, I definitely got to sell on this one. Yeah, you make a good point overall, big picture about the Panthers' offense being. You know, I I do think we called for a little bit of. Uh, a better than expected output from the Panthers offense as a whole this year. Uh, but, you know, I, I did not realize that Teddy B was so close to being an overall QB one. Uh, and if, you know, if he plays that other game, like you said, he's probably right there in the mix, man, you draft well on that offensive line, maybe improve that defense a little bit, have another year of non COVID. You got to remember Matt rules, a first year head quarterback for the Panthers, uh, you know, they're going to get a full off season together. Hopefully they get a full season of CMC and uh, it'll be interesting. There'll be one to watch next season for sure. Uh, moving on to a guy that has been a familiar name on this podcast. Um, and it's again, it's just it's about the aggregate projection. I'm not even sure he's going to play this week, but I couldn't let this aggregate projection slide for this guy. And I'm talking about Cincinnati Bengals wide receiver Tyler Boyd. The Bengals are on the road at the Houston Texans Sunday at 1 p.m. Eastern. Houston's an eight-point favorite with an over-under of 46. Aggregate projection for Tyler Boyd with the current quarterback situation in Cincy is wide receiver 23. Total foresight is selling that, still giving him some respect as wide receiver 33, in my opinion. Uh, He has the third worst wide receiver foresight strength to schedule this week. The Bengals' O-line at PFF has the 18th ranked pass block advantage. Uh, I will say they also have him at PFF with the eighth best individual wide receiver matchup grade, but total foresight scoffs at that. Uh, Listen, I'm really not picking on Tyler Boyd, but the aggregate projections are out of control. If he escapes concussion protocol by Sunday, then you absolutely cannot trust him in your lineup this week. Wide receiver 23 is downright irresponsible at this point. Sell of the week for me. Sell. 
Um, and like you said, Ben, it's having a concussion in Monday night football. It seems that it's probably going to be a stretch for him to be on the field, but you know, even if he is, and again, I just kind of spoke to him when I was talking about Robbie Anderson. I mean, if you're going to finish in that wide receiver two range, even at the low end, um, you, you got to still put up a relatively decent amount of points, especially in PPR leagues. So, um, you know, I, I understand that you look at Houston and you think, hey, well, that, you know, that's that's a matchup that you'd want to attack. But it's just it's really hard to with this particular offense. And, um, you know, as somebody who, as you guys know, in our, our league of record, uh, I, I love Tyler Boyd until Joe Burrow went down with an injury this season. Um, you know, yeah, he was he yeah. was right there in that wide receiver one mix Uh but the you know the target share has been all over the place amongst the Cincinnati pass catchers, and it's it's a crapshoot any given week. So even if he's healthy and he's out there, that's still way too uh, rich for my blood. And then also, again, it's a, you know total foresight has him slotted in ten spots lower. So I'm going to go ahead and have to sell as well. And um, what do you think, Travis? Uh, it's really sad that we didn't get to see, you know, Burrow play down the home stretch with this team. Um, absolutely. I I really thought they could have, you know, just kind of lit it up towards the end of the season. If, you know, Burrow would have been healthy, uh, boy, Boyd's been, uh, he's a wide receiver 21 on the season. And, uh, I just, I think that, you know, he'll be solid next year. But he he's gonna fade back, and this is gonna be Higgins, and uh, or yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> uh, he he's uh he's gonna take over this uh you know more of these looks next year, and uh you know because we have the COVID season like we talk about over and over, and you know like there's gonna be you know more looks, more reps, more play designs for uh Higgins to get involved in uh. uh like I'd, the concussion scares me, and I just I I don't even think that Boyd suits up in this game. Uh, I don't know; it's a puncher's chance. Yep. I mean, I think better days and better seasons are ahead for Tyler <laughs> Boyd, uh, but you know, not without Joe Burrow. I mean, AJ Green is definitely not going to be there next season with a full off season of preparation. Joe Burrow, T. Higgins, and Tyler Boyd are going to be fun to watch and fun to target in drafts in 2021, that's for sure. Um, but, you know, if he plays Tyler Boyd, not this week, because like we said, there is no Joe Burrow right now. Uh, so moving on to our last sell of the week, we have got the New York Giants tight end Evan Ingram. Uh, the Giants are on the road at Baltimore Sunday at 1 p.m. Eastern. Baltimore is an 11-point favorite. Uh, the over-under is 45. The aggregate projection for Evan Ingram is tight end four. Total foresight is selling that. We currently have him as tight end six. He has the fourth worst foresight strength of schedule, and the Giants O-line at PFF has the 26th ranked pass block advantage this week, and they list Evan Ingram with the third worst individual tight end matchup grade. Evan Ingram is third in tight end targets with with 95. And yet, he's just tight end 14 on the year. Tight end 3 in targets, tight end 14 in production. This week, in your championship week, you can't just roll out chalk at the tight end position. You have to look deeper than that. And when you look at the Giants playing for nothing on the road versus a Ravens team that seemed to have found a spark two weeks ago on Monday Night Football, it's just really hard to trust any 
offensive New York Giants player this week, especially with the consistency between the matchup ratings at Total Foresight and PFF. Start him if you absolutely must, but again, a guy like Logan Thomas would be a far better option in your championship matchup. Evan Ingram is a definite sell for me. You know, I think we can draw some comparisons to the Giants game last week against the Browns. They were trailing for two possessions for three quarters of that game, so the Giants had to throw the ball, and you would have expected Evan Ingram to be involved in that, but he only finished with four catches for 46 yards on seven targets. The leading receiver on that team only had four receptions. So, you know, I don't know who's going to be behind center this week. They're playing another AFC North opponent with a good defense, a good pass rush. You know, so I I, I feel like I just saw this story, and I was very disappointed. So I got to sell again. Tight end 4-2 on the price point makes this easy in my mind. Yeah, I think I'm going to have to go ahead and sell this one too, guys. And um, a lot of it just, it, I mean, it's pretty simple for me. It's its its Evan Ingram. It's this New York Giants offense, you know, whether Daniel Jones is behind center or not, you know, and I, you know, I know he's practicing today, but let's just assume that he will be in there and it's an upgrade from Colt McCoy. It's just hard to put somebody at tight end four, knowing that once you get outside of <laughs> the top the big two, three, three guy. Really, yeah. 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 That there, there's so much variance and it, it just seems like it's, it's kind of like a cluster. And uh, so then you look at it and you're like, well, at Baltimore. So uh, it, why do I want to bet for Evan Ingram to actually finish as the tight end for higher? It's just really hard for me to, to get there. Is it possible? You know, of course we've seen throughout the year when it comes to these tight ends, all these buys and sells, it's all on the table. It's all possible, but I, I I can't take my shot here. As much as I'm 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 too far behind Ben at this point, and I, I needed more different calls to catch you, Ben. But you know, I, I I'd rather finish a few behind you and be more right than wrong this week. And uh, I I yeah, like I said earlier, I have to sell. And um, very curious where uh, where you're at with this one, Travis. Uh, first of all, I'm a sell on this. Um, okay. Uh, but how how weird is it that you know, like this, you know, you got Odell, you know, he's no longer a giant. That they're just in such need as a, for a wide receiver one now. There's no one to take the, you know, Evan Ingram's getting all the looks in the world, but there's no one to take any looks, you know, off of him. Uh, Come on, Darius well, Slayton. He's a primetime player, man. Sterling Shepard with his, like, 46 injuries at this point. These these guys are all, you know, good, you know, threes and fours to me. Serviceable. Tate, you know, he's past his prime. He's done. I don't – I wouldn't even – I wouldn't doubt if there's a retirement after this year out of him. Uh, They definitely need, you know, a wide receiver one. Like I talked about earlier, they need uh, some ends on there on their defense, and uh, you know, like uh, they'll have Saquon back next year. I just feel like Joe Judge right now is playing with his hands behind his back, and uh, I just feel like it's it's just not a very good situation for them. But I do feel like the Giants this next year, uh, you know, Daniel Jones takes a step, you get Saquon back, they draft well. 
I do feel like this Giants team is moving in the right direction under uh, Joe Judge, and uh, I will look for them to be a very surprising team next year. Yeah, I mean, currently the Giants are projected to be drafting 11 overall in the 2021 draft, and that is prime yeah. wide receiver right. one spot right there. So uh, we'll see what they do and how the draft order shakes out the next couple of weeks. But I, I totally see the same thing you see, Trav. They did a good job addressing their offensive line this year in the draft. Uh, and, you know, I, I think next year is the time to pull the, pull the trigger on that OBJ replacement in the first round for sure. Um, and, you know, we'll see if Danny Dimes can, you know, manage his turnovers uh, and stay healthy. Those are – those are going to be the keys to, you know, I, I don't know if I'm going to be somebody in on the Danny Dimes uh, train heading into 2021. Uh, he might have to be a wait and see for me, but I, I certainly can understand, you know, Saquon coming back another year in that offense, maybe adding some weapons in the draft. Like I'll listen to it, but only if he's absolutely free. <laughs> I'm punting yeah, at the quarterback position. Long yeah, off season ahead, of course. Yeah, I mean, like if they're sitting there at 11 and Jamar Chase is in there, I think it's an easy turn. Chris Olave. What? I'm just saying. Like, get maybe it they done. Get the Wide receiver, just get it done. <laughs> yeah. All, All right, right guys. It has been a it has been a whirlwind of a fantasy season, COVID and all. Uh, thank you for sticking with us through our uh, tumultuous schedule changes throughout the year. One thing is for sure, next season we promise to be very consistent with our podcast schedule. It may not be the twice-a-week format that we've once done, but if no matter what it's going to be going forward, we will be consistent. Uh, so we, we appreciate everybody that tunes in and listens. We hope we, we help you more than we hurt you. Uh, the 62% uh, total foresight winning percentage on the year is definitely something that I'm proud of. Uh, and, you know, it, it, you know, there's a lot of work that goes into this behind the scenes, but, man, once we get on here every week, it is definitely always a blast, and I appreciate you guys. Absolutely. Travis, thanks for jumping on again. You kicked us off this season by joining us, and you're bookending it, joining us for the end now. You know, good luck this weekend in the Total Foresight Challenge. Maybe not too much luck, but, you know, I wish you luck. You'll do well. You'll be fine. A little bit. A little bit. <laughs> hey, second is still good. Uh, his name is Mahomes or Bust, and he doesn't have Mahomes on his team. Just saying. Maybe he's a little bit prophetic when he named Yeah, he did team. that for me. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, I did. I, I did and uh, my, my team says Mahomes or Bust. Uh, hopefully, my team performs like Mahomes MVP level this week. <laughs> That's right. Great. Nice. Nice. All right. Well, hope everybody has a great holiday season. Stay tuned uh, to us on Twitter, so we will let you know when we will be back. One of our one of the things we hang our hats on is being, uh, you know, a, an off season redraft podcast as much as we are an in season podcast with some, you know, nice repeat studies, some consistency studies, and then you know, leading up to those all important preview podcast episodes. So it's been fun. We will see you in twenty twenty one and. Uh, Have a great, safe holiday season, everyone, and we will be back with you next year. Can't wait.